0: TJPK. it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the SmartRain guest line. Best of State winner SmartRain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. SmartRain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877 877- 346 33
1: Samson, good morning. What's happening? Monday morning and we back at it.
0: <laughs> What's happening? Touchdowns, touchdowns, and more <laughs> touchdowns. You ever played in a football game that had hundred and fifteen points in it before? That's a lot of points.
1: Man, yeah, we could have put up more if Coach didn't want to settle down, honestly. <laughs>
0: So tell us, what is
2: it like to play offense with Aaron Roderick calling the plays?
1: Mm, it's interesting. Um, you never know what you're going to get, honestly. You don't know if he's going to want to bomb an air raid the, the team out or if we're going to end up blocking our, our butts off and uh, letting Kyle Jr. run the ball in. <laughs> so um, it's honestly, it's fun playing under A-Rod. Um, he keeps us on our toes and uh, keeps us... Uh, um, k- keeps our heads on so, us, um, uh making sure we uh, build the whole playbook honestly and uh, keeping it locked into our brains
0: Tyler must keep you on your toes though I mean there's wide receivers who you know are going to go for 3 or 4 yards on a play it doesn't really matter what you do with your guy you just kind of dance around out there but the way Tyler breaks him you better be blocking every play he's going to be running right up your heels
1: I know man so i got to put these uh, DBs in the dirt. So I'm trying. Uh, i I'm, I'm staying in the weight room a little longer, uh, lifting, uh, doing upper body a lot more, trying to get right for Ty.
2: You've been in an offense at Utah for several years, and then you come over to BYU. What type of adjustments did you have to make, and was it a difficult adjustment?
1: Um, I think the, the biggest adjustment was uh, – just preparing to catch the ball a little bit more, uh, running routes a little bit more. So uh, it was definitely just uh, perfecting uh, my routes, uh, my releases, and uh, getting uh, the timing down with the QB. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. Um, a different um, coach up there, but you the just love to run the ball a little bit more. So uh, it was fun to come down here and just prepare to work my hands a little bit more on my feet and show people what I can do a little more on the field.
0: Is it any different in the uh, film room or in practice?
1: Um, practice is a little bit more different. Uh, we're a little bit more relaxed and uh, player-oriented down here. So uh, we'll break in between uh, to rest our bodies and let uh, the receivers recover a little bit more because we are running a lot more routes and uh, practicing um, deep threats. So uh, I think that's the only really big difference is uh, just uh, the little break that coach gets... Uh, the team and lets us rest a little bit
2: tell us how your brother puka became best friends with dana white
1: <laughs> uh, growing up uh we lived uh back in vegas and um shoot my older brother's kind as ever uh big time all-stars out there in vegas so uh, growing up and then um me myself growing up <laughs> i wasn't too bad honestly and uh, <laughs> Puka was the next man up, and everyone knew about his old bars, and Puga. everyone everyone wanted to see what Puka could do. And um, Dana White had a a, a boy that's uh, Puka's age, uh, little Dana, and uh, they saw Puka playing football one day. I don't know where, but recruited them to be on their Henderson Cowboys team, and from there, Puka was just a superstar, and uh, just started taking over, and I uh, started becoming good friends with Dana and them.
0: So, you surprised to get tagged on social media? Is is your brother surprised by all that? Your family?
1: No, not at all. They honestly uh, invite Puka out to come hang out with them all the time. Uh, Puka's been to a couple of UFC fights. uh, Went to the Conor McGregor fight. um, So he's always going out and hanging out with them, honestly.
2: What did you anticipate being able to do against Virginia? And did it surprise you? Because at least watching, it looked like it came very easy as a team.
1: Coach just talked about it um, throughout the whole week. Um, Evan was talking about uh, Virginia's offense and how they're really good and uh, just saying see, uh, that, seeing if uh, BYU's offense could compete and uh, score with them. And uh, Coach Aron said he was just tired of hearing them. Uh, Let's just go out there and show them who's the better offense at the end of the night. And uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, we took shots all night opened up and spread out the field and then um, right after we spread out the field Kyle uh, deer ran down their throw and so uh, it was just a really beautiful uh, really beautiful offensive sighting for us.
0: So when you looked at Virginia on film, did you know those big plays were there?
1: Um, yes, we did. Um, we saw that their, their DBs were physical and uh, big DBs but we saw that um, they weren't good at uh, playing the ball in the air so Coach A Rod wanted to take shots and uh, test their DBs and see what they could do in there. And I, that's exactly what we did. And uh, the receivers just came out and made uh, bigger plays than the DBs did.
2: Tell us about that little celebration dance. It seemed like you wanted to do more, but you didn't <laughs> know what to do. Uh, what was going on?
1: Exactly. I was lost. Um, I was honestly surprised uh, I caught the ball. Like, I, I slung my body around in the jet and threw a perfect ball, and it was in the pocket. And uh, getting up, I didn't think the crowd was going to be that loud, and it just had me shook and lost in my own head. I couldn't even get my own (laughs) thoughts together to get a celebration down. So I just put the phone up. I was like, "Hey, if you guys have my phone number, you know, give it to the ladies. Give me a call." Uh... Well, did it work?
0: Have you heard from anybody?
1: Um, it worked a little bit, a little bit. Some girls, you know, messaged me, asked me for my phone number. I was like, heck, yeah, perfect. We go out all day and test it.
2: <laughs> so the schedule, at least this week, eases up a little bit, uh, but I'm imagining that you guys are going to take that mindset of easing easing up.
1: Yeah, uh, no easing up. Um, this, this week is just like a Power 5 school to us. Um, Idaho State's another big team, and... Uh, yeah, take it serious. We uh, took two games off the season, and it it cost us a perfect season. So it's uh, we got to lock in and just take this team very serious. So it's going to be a fun game, and uh, we're trying to put eighty on these guys.
0: Was there at any point in that Virginia game when you were worried when they scored on their fourth straight position, their fifth straight, their sixth straight possession?
1: Oh no! Um, Coach A. Roth prepared the offense for a shootout. We knew this was going to be an offensive game. And uh, we just wanted to show everybody that we could uh, score in any way, uh, any way possible, and uh, keep up with any offense in the nation, and uh, outscore any offense in the nation if necessary. And uh, that's exactly what we came out and did.
2: When the defense is on the field, what
1: are you doing anyway? Shoot, I'm gonna, I'm trying to pump up the whole crowd to get them loud. I'm trying to get them rocking with me to cheer on the defense. Um, can try and get the sidelines pumped up, man. I got bad headaches after the game because I'm <laughs> screwing my head off honestly.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot of points in that game and there are a lot of big hits. You feel sore after that game or is there just so much uh so many touchdowns
1: not getting touched, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it's pretty sore after the game. Um blocking's definitely not easy, my upper body's sore, getting tackle's not easy, my legs are sore, but after a win like that, you, you don't even notice it's soreness, you just Remember having a good time and laughing and uh, celebrating with the teammates.
2: Speaking of laughing and celebrating and all that stuff, is this the most fun you're having playing football?
1: <laughs> yes, I found the love. I found the love again. I found I'm able to find myself. And just being under Coach Kalani is just awesome um, and letting us play our brand of football. And us letting, just letting us play um, our games every day and not, not stressing us out, I'm just loving us in a, helping us learn more and more and um, it's just been really fun and I'm loving it out here.
0: Now, I know Kalani can be fun. We've all seen him dance and we've all seen him cheering and running up and down the sideline, but what's he like when you had a 21 nothing lead and you're trailing at halftime? What's he like in the locker room at the half?
1: Um, it's honestly really cool. Um, he just comes in and walks in and tells us uh, keep doing our thing, uh, believe in one another and uh, believe that we'll make the plays uh, necessary to get back uh, onto our toes and um, he just comes and brings enthusiasm and still loving us and learning and uh, telling us to pick it up just a little bit, but never, never going into shadow or into an angry mode and getting yelling at us. But just you know, supporting us and uh, just showing us good energy and just telling us that everything's going to be okay. Just keep believing in one another.
0: Well, Samson, congratulations on the win, seven and two, and. Good shot at eight and two. So keep it rolling. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day.
0: Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us every week here on 97.5 at twelve eighty. The zone. Good shot at eight and two. Good shot at nine and two. Going to USC, and that was a bad injury—broken ankle—for their star wide receiver Drake London. So BYU, they're going to be they're going to be favored again and again and again. I would expect. You no, know, favored the rest of the way, huh? Yeah, I would think so. Uh. Ah, how about that? Loading up on the W's.
2: That yeah, ten and two. I mean, that's a fine season. <laughs> There's no way other way to look at it. I, mean, I don't, I don't care what league, what conference, and obviously I don't play in either of those. But uh, nevertheless, ten and two is the way I view it. I, mean, I guess if you're a Alabama, Ohio State, you might think otherwise. But not from my perspective. Ten and two is a great, great season. No matter who you're playing and. What level it is, it, it really doesn't matter to me. So, if they, I don't know that they'll get that. Nine and three is pretty good, better than what I had them. Uh, it certainly looks like nine is pretty much a guarantee uh, with uh, two cupcakes coming up. Uh, and then I guess we'll see where the, where the Trojans are at at that point. Jackson Dart got a little bit of playing time. And, and is it a controversy there? I mean, you know, that's still three weeks away, so four weeks away, and they'll have time to, to figure that out at that time. Uh, but for now, yeah, they've rebounded well. They did exactly what they needed to do. You know, we thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Virginia, uh, talking to their uh, beat guy from Richmond last week and looking at the story that he wrote, they had all sorts of plays over 20 yards, over 30 yards that they allowed, yada, yada, and it was a question of uh, can BYU outscore them because there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, and But at the same time, The defense really responded in the second half. I think they only allowed one touchdown. Obviously, the the kid got hurt, uh, and that was sad to see. Hopefully, he can get himself healthy because he was dynamic, you know, left-handed and running. So the immediately the comparisons to Steve Young and all that stuff. I get all that, uh, but uh, they made a ton of big plays, particularly in the first half. And you got to look at BYU's defense in the second half. Uh, they got it under control in a game that didn't look like it was going to be under control whatsoever. I don't know that I
0: felt, uh oh, BYU's in trouble. They were no more in trouble than Virginia was in trouble. <laughs> Nobody can get a stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, social media was full of a lot of, hey, whoever has the ball last is going to win this thing. But yet it wasn't that way. Nope. The defense responded
2: in the second half. And as I say, they had the injury there. But at that point, when he got hurt...
0: It slowed uh, down in the third he, quarter.
2: Yeah, Then it already had been slowing down to that point, as you say. So you really have to credit the BYU defense. It, Tuiaki takes a, hundred, a ton of heat, the defensive coordinator. But at the same time, they changed it around rather quick. Whereas Virginia, it was embarrassing. If I were a Virginia fan, I would be embarrassed that my team put up very little resistance whatsoever. It's like, well, what do we want to do? Do we want to throw it? Okay, we'll throw it. Do we want to run it? Okay, we'll run it. I mean, they could have done just about anything they wanted, and it didn't look like there was any way that Virginia was going to stop them, which was a surprise to a degree to me, because BYU's offense has had explosivity at times. (laughs) The what? Explosivity. But they hadn't put it consistently throughout four quarters, almost virtually every possession And, you know, we've seen Algier go crazy. We've seen them make big plays in the past game and Jaron Hall being able to run. We've seen that. That wasn't that unusual. But to see it to that level consistently, that's the thing that we haven't seen. And that's precisely what we saw Saturday night is that everything that they were trying was working to about as well as it could. So I don't know if that's what they're capable of. I wouldn't say they're capable of 66. I suppose if they really wanted to put 66 on Idaho State, they could. My guess is that they don't. Uh, because uh, they just don't want to do that to that team. I mean, obviously, Idaho State's going to be overmatched, and all that stuff. So with that, and and Broncos' son is going to serve in Pocatello. So if you have any degree of compassion for people from Pocatello, Idaho State's in Pocatello, right? Yeah. Okay. Broncos' well. son is going to be. I mean, he goes here it's in just great guess. in, in Fact two check. months. <laughs> It's a good guess. Well, you got part. Twin Falls, Idaho Falls, I, Pocatello, all those places. They, I mean, they're they all beautiful communities. You're done now. Let's go uh, back to your point. Rupert is not very good, as Scotty G ripped me for one time. <clears throat> Gordon wanted to eat in Rupert when we couldn't eat. Where's the, uh, where Evil Knievel, is that Twin Falls? Where he jumped, and we're in that town, and it was a beautiful town. I've actually spent the night in that town. Very nice town. Awesome. Spent the night coming back from the Potato Bowl. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Wanted to get a jump on the drive coming back from Boise. So the game was over, had dinner in Boise, and then drove back, stayed there at that place. Nice community. Played golf in that community, too. Very nice community. Uh, But, you know, you don't want to embarrass Bronco's son, make him feel bad as he's getting ready to go on his mission in Pocatello. Now, is that Pocatello proper? Or the surrounding greater metropolitan Pocatello area. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know what the uh, out is Bronco. I didn't know all this stuff until I listened to Bronco a week ago today. You guys call it the field, apparently. You know, is that the fee going to be at the Southfield? You learned about branches. Yeah, yeah. We, we got gotcha. Yeah, he broke it down for me. All these years in this community, and I came away with a, I thought I was down in Provo in August at the church education system. You know, when you go down there, used to go down there for a training camp. And education lo- week. We're trying to find a place to park there for that week. You had all those campers, the people tailgating, brats and brews. They'd be out in that parking lot there, just uh, what, west of the football field? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, Sadly, I do. So, I've been able to follow this whole thing. Right. So it's kind of weird, actually. Yeah, I learned so much from Bronco. I mean, the guy's he's a religious teacher.
0: He's not a teacher of good defense, apparently, for Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> no Bronco coach team has ever given up 66 points. Well, they have now. Yeah, it was just amazing. It was really incredible to watch.
2: <laughs> Thought it was going to be high scoring. There was no surprise that it was going to be high scoring.
0: Okay, but didn't you think there would be like four minute touchdown drives? I mean, there were so many scoring drives at two minutes or less. No, once Virginia got it going in that first half, in fact
2: I tweeted out, okay, how many plays are they gonna score? Four, <laughs> maybe five, and it was four. So maybe at going into it a little bit, but as soon as Virginia got it going in that first half, they were literally unstoppable. And that was what was so impressive, is that BYU's defense was able to turn it around a little bit. The offense, I had no doubt. As long as they did not turn the ball over and gave away possessions, they were going to be absolutely fine. I wouldn't have picked in the 60s. You know, I would have picked about 45. My thought going nobody, into the nobody, game was nobody. about a 45, 35, somewhere in there, 38. And that was halftime. Yeah, that's that's what I anticipated. I thought BYU had an excellent chance to win. Uh, And if they were going to win, well, no matter who was going to win, it was going to be high scoring. But I was figuring in the mid-40s to high-30s with BYU being able to come out on top. I did not expect to that level. But, I mean, they just had it going on. And I think a lot of it was just pathetic defense. It's amazing to me that you're – but I don't follow the ACC and their recruiting and Virginia and who they're able to get and where they are in the pecking order. I couldn't tell you that. I mean that's that's the thing about BYU when they play these teams is they play them you focus in on them for a week and, and psh, then they're, they're gone. gone yeah yeah that'll change the year after next because oh yeah it won't be, there'll It'll be a continuation They'll keep playing each other and you know we'll follow it and we'll get up to speed as I said that summer not so much next summer but the summer bef- after that I am going to spend a great deal of time gathering as much information as I possibly can about the Big Twelve I mean it's not like I'm totally uh, Ignorant of it because we do watch their games, you know, watching Baylor and Texas and Oklahoma doing their thing. We always know them, Oklahoma State, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, NTCU, Gary Patterson, I bet, basically uh, getting fired after 21 seasons. Uh, what is he? I think he's like 61. We'll see if he wants to be done. Uh, it's an age where you could be done. I'm sure he could be done financially. But at the same time, if uh, he wants to get in, that's still plenty young enough to get back in. I don't know what he's going to do. I always enjoyed interviewing him over the years at Mountain West Conference Media Day. He was not necessarily a charismatic guy, but he was always a cooperative guy and did great interviews. So I followed him for a number of years, for sure, because TCU was tough and it was tough to go down there. TCU kind of reminded me of a better uh, Colorado State. And what I mean by that, Sonny Lubick, when I was covering, working for the Watchdog, Sonny Lubick had great, great teams. But the community didn't exactly rally around the program. Whereas, and I've been in TCU Stadium many times, he's had great, great teams. But when you're shadowed by the Dallas Cowboys and the <laughs> University <laughs> yeah. of Texas... That's a problem. It, it's well, hard Texas a
0: and is yeah. the third most popular yeah. program you compete with. It's hard to,
2: to gather a fan base. And I've had... Uh, I've talked to Dave Rose about that at the University of Houston in Houston. Same type of principle. Some communities, and not a lot of communities that have pro sports, that's basically what they are. They're pro sport communities. And then you got to find your niche somehow, some way. I mean, look you look at SC football, the greatest reign that they had in, in recent times came when the Rams and Raiders were gone. We'll see what happens
0: going forward as they look for a new coach. Gary Patterson, Matt Wells to the Alabama staff. Nick Saban. Swoop it in. Well, I, you know, I don't know that uh, Gary Patterson needs resurrecting, though. No, he doesn't. It might be interesting for a year just to see how Nick does it. Just to be on the inside and see it. You're right. He doesn't need resurrecting the way other guys do. Now, he has been basically a 500 coach for three and a half years. And there's some weirdness in there with the pandemic years and all that. They were five and four in the league last year. Well, that's year.
2: why he's being let go.
0: Yeah. If he was 10-2, and two, he wasn't, wasn't going to be like, be let go. No, yeah, he's
2: back. So it's obvious. Uh, but I think he's still young enough if he wants to get back in so bringing it back to Virginia I don't know why they suck defensively
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I'm I'm
2: not gonna be paying much of attention I'm gonna check their scores and wish Bronco and those guys well but I don't get into minutiae of the football team and for one night I did and, and they couldn't stop their shadows and that was just awesome and for BYU man they backed it up you know they took a lot of grief on their schedule last year but if you gave them grief, you were wrong. They've backed it up, and yeah, they had a bad game against Boise. They turned it over, and then Baylor was just better. But it looks like Baylor's pretty good. I mean, I know it's it's uh, they they which is shocking to me because they lost the greatest spring game quarterback of all time.
0: Seven and one, still got Oklahoma to go. But other than that, they'll be favored. Well, same principle. You go ten and two. I don't mm -hmm. care if you win your division or conference. You still had an excellent season. They got TCU, who's uh, just let the coach go. They end the season against Texas Tech, who's already let the coach go. Also got Kansas State coming up, but nine and three or ten and two for those guys. Pretty good. Maybe they can win out. I mean, Oklahoma's played a bunch of close games. Win out, then they would be in the playoff if they win out. Eleven and one. I can't rule it out. I wouldn't bet on it, but. So will Oklahoma keep winning all these close games or now that they switch quarterbacks they settle in and they're going to blow people out? They've played for an undefeated team, they have played a lot of close well, games. Well,
2: you're going to go with Oklahoma cuz they're a bigger program and that's what you do. Yeah, but I like to pick against teams going undefeated cuz so going few to. teams do. You're not going, you're not going to pick against Oklahoma the rest of the way <laughs> and I don't know who they'll play in the playoffs so we'll have to wait until that we get to there.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97-5 and 1280 the zone. Whole lot of winning going on. Whole lot of points being scored. Your reaction to a big weekend for the locals next. Stay with us. The new zone lineup is here up, up, with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. All day, every day. This is 975 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com. Hot Text or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text Hair at 801 960 3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment, or visit www.utahairmd.com. That was a lot of scoring, PK. That was a lot of winning. 44 points for the Utes. 51 for the Aggies, 66 for the Cougars. 161 points, an average of almost 53 per game between the three of them. can't yeah, have between three. Between can only be two. I can never get that right. You know that, thank
2: goodness. It's, well, right. it's like a f- I got a fence post, right? Uh-huh. And I got one here, and I got one there, and then I got the one in the middle.
0: That so could be it. Be, it's between the Why two. Why didn't you give me that before? I might be able to <laughs> hold on to that. I've been hopeless on between and among year after year after year. I might finally have it now. That's a lot of winning. Your reaction to a weekend full of touchdowns and victories ain't life grand. (laughs) Losing draws more reaction than winning.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I think it draws more passion, and it's obviously from the angry side. Anything, it's, it's, it's like anything, though. You know, the, the, the small minority, they claim, are the loudest. I don't know necessarily it's the minority. I would uh, depend on what the topic is, but I think the negative draws. It's the idea of dog bites man is not news. Man bites dog is news, and that's what draws. We see it all over the place, especially in today's world in our politics. And you're hypocritical. No, you're hypocritical. Well, wait a second. Let's go, Brandon. Well, 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 how dare you? Well, F you, Trump. How dare you? I mean, we can go back and forth, back and forth, back. And forth, and that's what s- stirs up the emotion in the passion, hence why PK has a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you win, it, it, it's fun, but it doesn't, I don't know that it gets the blood boiling, you know. The, it's The it's the negative that gets the blood boiling, and when you stink, when you blow it, that gets you extremely fired up, and all that stuff. Whereas, if you win. Particularly in the case of BYU or uh, Utah and Utah State, they're trying to win a division, and then if they win a division, they're trying to win a conference. So beating a team for, in the Utes case, that has a freshman quarterback starting his first game, well, you're supposed to win. You've been basically gifted four wins out of the nine conference games this year. Sweet! Sweet! Right? Take them. Take them. But, you know, you didn't have DeLore for Washington State. You didn't have DTR. DTR for the Bruins. And you played Colorado and Arizona. It's a crappy league and a crappy division.
0: But that's not your problem.
2: It's not. Your job is to go win games. No, and I can argue yeah. Cam Rising is the best quarterback in a conference. I, I, I can make a strong, strong statement that he's the best quarterback in a conference, so they can't really get excited big pitcher-wise because you didn't win anything yet. If you would have lost, wow, man, that's really going to hurt our chances and all. Now, Mm. I, I believe they're going to win the division, and I think they've got an excellent chance to go to the Rose Bowl. I've been saying that for weeks. Nothing has changed that has allowed me to change or forced me to change my mind. So, by winning, okay, yeah, and I think most fans realize, hey, that Garber's kid looked pretty good, but you come into Rice-Eccles late on a, Friday, a Saturday night, a freshman making his first start, uh, you're probably not going to win that. You know, check back in two years,
0: maybe, he, you know, he looked pretty good, I thought, but he's just a freshman. He did, but he was going to have to be very good yeah. the whole game to win that game because on the other side of the ball, the youths were pushing UCLA around, UCLA around and scoring pretty easily. So he could have had a really good game as an experienced junior, which I think he will. Down and the line. lost that night. Yeah, I think yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked, did look like. Uh, I mean, they just
2: got a commitment from a kid out of Inglewood who's a four star, if you believe all that. So I don't even know if, who's going to be starting. And Garbers is already on his second school. So who's to say what's going to happen? Uh, but nevertheless, then they've they've had opportunities to take advantage, and they have taken advantage. So I think if they would have lost, you would have had Ute fans. Of course, that would have been their second loss in a row, and people would have been furious. Oh, yeah. They would have
0: been. The storyline would have been so different. Like, ASU lost. The opportunity was right there for the take-in. You let ASU off the hook. You let UCLA back in the race. Yeah, I know, I, 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 although now, I disagree with all that. I think now they're, they're gonna, completely in charge. I thought they were completely in charge all along. When you win and they both lose, but there you're, was you're more in
2: charger. There was no doubt in my mind that they were going to beat UC Los Angeles, and there's no doubt in my mind that ASU is going to lose two or three games to go. I mean, in thirty five years, they've won eight games in the regular season seven times. It's a one in five shot. <laughs> so they're not, yeah, they're not that good. I mean, as I said with Herm when he was hired, they're. He's going to do no worse or no better than they've been since Cooper left, I guess. Kush had it going on, and then Cooper had it going on. And then since then, the mid 80s, they've been mediocre as can be. So I felt like, and I don't know if the Utes are going to go undefeated the rest of the way. But I don't, and if your goal is to win the division, then it really doesn't matter what your record is.
0: In November. Utah against Oregon is that going to be the only game in which one of these three teams is not favored? I think I think the locals are going to be favored <laughs> again and again stuff. and again. <laughs> They've all I got a chance here to run the table. I don't care what the lines are; the lines are irrelevant.
2: Uh, I, a, are they favored? I'm, I'm not. You're a numbers guy. I'm not. I'm a passion guy and play to to play well and all that stuff. I don't care. They've got an excellent chance to beat Oregon, whether they're favored or not favored. It doesn't matter uh, to me. Favored, favored doesn't do anything. I don't put any money out on the game, so it's, it, that, that's irrelevant. Uh, they've got an excellent chance to go to the Rose Bowl. The I- ironic part is that I don't think this team is near as good as 2019, but I think they've got a way better chance to go to the Rose Bowl. Far better than what they had. Now, of course, I have retrospect knowing that they got worked. In that uh, conference title game against Oregon so I obviously have some okay. bias there but we knew
0: that Oregon team was really good I knew Herbert was very good yeah there was no at surprise NFL quarterback yeah uh, yeah and yeah. experienced and th- at the peak th- of his
2: Thibodeau is like uh, LeBron James in college football <laughs> I mean he knew he was gonna go professional from at such a young age and he was just a freshman but he just uh, he reached havoc all over the field uh two years ago i don't even know if he's gonna play this year uh because now if you got any type of injury sit out son who cares if you go to the rose bowl don't screw up what's going to be a massive massive payday for you in a few months so it's a different story back then he was trying to prove himself now uh, already proven don't do anything that is gonna hurt you I wouldn't even if to me if he just said uh, because he's had a couple injuries and if he just said "Hey, I'm out, man (laughs) Uh, Because he's got uh, a huge payday coming in the spring. There's no doubt about it. So it's a different Oregon team Uh, very much beatable And if the Utes don't turn the ball over, I think they beat Oregon in Vegas in uh, about uh, 34 days I think they're going to the Rose Bowl this year.
0: Rose
2: Bowl. I've been, I've been saying it for weeks. Going to beat them twice? It doesn't matter. You don't have to. You don't. You only have to beat them once. And if they don't, if they don't turn the ball over in Vegas on that uh, we're now four weeks away, a little more than four weeks away, they're going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I believe it. Pasadena. And I've been saying it for weeks. January 1st. As I evaluate this conference, this is the one conference that I feel very confident in knowing. Uh, I'm I'm not Yogi Roth over here. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying that, but I feel like I I I know this conference, and I think they've got an excellent chance. I don't know that they'll do it, but I think they have an excellent chance. And they could blow it. They go like you you get beat. You don't have to blow it to get beat. Sometimes teams just beat you because they're a little bit better. I mean, that, that's that's the way it goes. You can have a hard-fought game, and a team can beat. There's a winner and loser in every game. So, uh, But if they take care of the ball, which I believe their coach tends to emphasize, uh, you uh, have a great shot, Ute fans, to find yourselves in Pasadena. If you get the opportunity, again, it doesn't really matter what your record is. Who cares? Yeah. As long as you're there and you're uh, ice uh, Michigan State, I guess?
0: That would they be running out against? Maybe? Well, Michigan State might be in a playoff. I mean, is Big Ten going to get a team in? I would assume so. Yeah, and it's going to be Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to find a way to let them in. No, Ohio it's... State's going to win out. Yeah. They're 7-1. Yeah. But Michigan State could end up... Uh, BFD. <laughs> it's Ohio State. Yeah. Come on, man. You think the Big Ten gets two in? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> then Michigan State, because Penn State got a third loss. Yeah. Michigan State beat Michigan now. Yeah, if Michigan could beat Ohio State, maybe that would be different. But Harbaugh doesn't win those games. No. Uh, so no, this is more uh, about can Michigan State beat Ohio State and give them their second loss, yeah. punch their own ticket to the ball. Then we'd have we'd have a uh, we'd have conflict in my
2: household, not so much our
0: household, but extended household.
2: Brother and son, big Michigan State fans, all that stuff. A few years back, they were up in town. They were in town. And I think they were playing in the, I don't know what bowl game they were playing in, but it was New Year's Day. And my nephew was, uh, they were getting blown out. And his younger brother was already at Snowbird because he couldn't pass up the opportunity to go snowboarding. But Nick wanted to go, but he didn't want to go. And then I said, well, you can watch the game. And then if the game gets out of hand, I can bring you up there. It's just up the street. You know, it's 10 miles from my front door to their front door. No problem. So he wanted to leave like three times, but he could never pull himself away. (laughs) (laughs) And they came back and won the game. And it was so fun to watch him being so into it because I never had a son who was into sports. And so I I, I couldn't uh, grasp what that was about. And so he was living and dying, and they came back, and and they won the game. Uh, I can't even remember the guy. I know it was New Year's Day, and then I ran him up there right afterward. (laughs) And then they they, – that must have been Brighton because they uh, did uh, night skiing too, uh, or snowboarding in this case. Uh, So we got a little Michigan State in the background. But we'll worry about that then, you know. And just the fact of getting there would be an excellent accomplishment. And I don't care if the division is down, if the conference is down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In fact, right now, to me, and I have bias, obviously, but I would consider them the favorite out of the conference to get to the Rose Bowl. If you want to go favored, I would consider them the
0: favorite. You just told me that stuff doesn't matter and doesn't get you anything, and now you're doing it. If you want to go, that's, I'm, I'm talking about my confidence level in the Utes being able to do it. It's very, very high. You're not worried about Oregon being good in close games. They're not dominant. They're not blowing enough people out to have that fear that you know. Two years ago, that was a really good Oregon team, but this team is four and one in close games, and they're getting knocked for playing close then games. Don't play a
2: close game. Okay. They'll take care of that. You just
0: run them off the field, or like Stanford, beat them in a the close game. Stanford See, got them. So it was to me. It
2: was, was about. Surprising. It's about Utah. It's not about Oregon, and it is, it's it's a Oregon to an to an extent. But I've been saying all along that the Utes this year was an extension of last year. So the experience that the younger kids were supposed to get last year, they only got a taste of it. Well, now, when we get to the Oregon game, they will have almost the entire season. And then if you get to the Oregon game the second time, you will have an entire season. So I'm counting on those fellows progressing uh, at the pace that I thought they were going to. And I thought maybe they would jump on it a little earlier than they did. But you can see improvement. And rising has made a massive difference. You can say what you want. We can have fun. The other guy, this, that, the spring game, blah, blah, blah. But I was on the rising bandwagon much, much, way before you screamed at me. Not scream, that's not your style. But my style is to scream. But you should say, you should tell Kyle, yeah, I should have. I should have. Not that he would have listened. But (laughs) they were wrong. They made the wrong choice. It happens. Nobody's infallible. That's a true story. And
0: they made the wrong choice. And they've got to get the rest of the team, or I guess keep the rest of the team where they are.
2: The rest of the team's fine.
0: Now, I mean, the D-line has been an issue. It's why they lost to Oregon State. It was a big factor in that loss. And Kyle, after the game, was in the locker room hollering about physicality. The O-line pushing people around. Eh, We know what he's going to say. The D-line, well, the O-line hasn't always pushed people around. The D-line hasn't always held their ground. Yeah, but you're playing UC Los Angeles. They're powder blue soft. (laughs) (laughs) I can push them around. (laughs) Who who was the first team to dump on them for being powder blue soft? (laughs) Is that way back in like the (laughs) the 50s or something? Did somebody do that? (laughs) I don't know. Red Sanders is like, leave them. Let's go in the national title. This
2: is who they are. When you have a
0: 40-year track record, it's not a fluke. It is not. <laughs> so, and it's the same thing here. And it's been 40 years since UCLA had it going. 20 years since they won the league. And it's super tough guy up there.
2: Yeah, so the, the Lions need some development. Uh, but as I look forward, look going forward, there's nobody the rest of the way that, wow, man, I'm really worried about these guys losing this game. And they may lose a game, but it doesn't matter. They're still going to win the division. The teams below them aren't nearly as good as they would like to be.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We already checked in with Samson Nakua. The Utes' Nick Ford will be along at 9 o'clock. Aggie head coach Blake Anderson at 930 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Question of the day. Ain't live grand. Utah, Utah State, and BYU all rolling to victory on Saturday. The close game was BYU's 17-pointer, and we had Puka on saying we could have scored more. Actually, I had Samson Nikuon. Excuse me, Samson on saying we could have scored more. But Puka probably would
2: have said the same. Right. Kai would have probably said it, too. I don't know if they got any other brothers besides them.
0: Coach eased up there at the Chris end. Chris
2: Peterson probably would have said that, too. He coached, did he coach Puka? I think he did for one season, yeah.
0: Washington should be SC's coach, but that's another story. Mike says, what about Weber? Brian says, Weber State won two. They did. Kevin says, that's what I was going to say. Weber State over Idaho State. I think. It's true. That's what it was. Yes, Weber got 40 as well. And a win. Jay says, if only the Jazz would have won, it would have been a perfect weekend. And They did win. They went
2: and beat some water down the
0: Milwaukee team. Missing three guys. Missing their second best player. And the third best player. And the fourth best player. <laughs> but Giannis was there. He was. But that wasn't enough. No. So the Jazz are tied for the best record in the West. And they got the tiebreaker. Just like the Utes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the tiebreaker. They haven't played the Warriors yet. Regardless. No tiebreaker to be had as of yet. That comes later. Well, yeah, but the Utes are going to the Bay Area this week, so it ties in. That's where the Warriors are from. And the Warriors moved
2: on the other side, the west side, so it's where they're way closer to Stanford than they used to be (laughs) when they're on the east side. Think about it.
0: Sadly, I am. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Geography. You can hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Hit us up on Twitter, David, DJ James. So it wasn't a perfect weekend. But it, was yes, it was awfully close for those football teams. For those football teams, it was. Jules says the y sure got its fair share of close calls. Yeah, without the refs, they, they lose that game, man. Robert says they got the shaft on some of those interference calls. Oh, come on, man. The only the only team that got
2: the shaft this weekend was RSL. Pablo was pissed. He was. <laughs>
0: After the game, man.
2: <laughs> so
0: wait, wait for the email about it, the fine later today.
2: Get somebody in between them, man. This is this, this potential get ugly here.
0: Push him away. Game's over. Albert Rusnik came in and did exactly know, but that. Was was, he was a little late. He was a little late to the party. I was, I was, I was party. a little
2: nervous there for a second. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, if you don't turn and walk away when the game's over, you want to shake hands, whatever uh but if you're if you don't then walk away once the
0: feet stop yeah, yeah, then yeah. the trouble begins yeah yeah if the feet keep going you can shake hands say something but the feet need to keep moving i mean i wasn't thinking petky here he was going to drop him <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was <a> little...
2: <laughs> but i was starting to get a little nervous there uh, about that uh, cuz nothing nothing good is going to come from that at that in that moment I understand the frustration and I respect it and appreciate it because it was a a screwed up game for them. But uh, I didn't see any calls in the BYU game that really made a difference in terms of that. And very rarely do you see calls, at least for me anyway, you can think otherwise, whoever you are, uh, thinking that it is going to be decisive. I mean, there's calls that are blown. Yeah, but that's that's I, I actually like that like that because then you have to play through it and it creates controversy and it creates talking
0: points and it's good for me and our business. That one ended when Armstrong threw the pick and and was hit, reaching for his ribs both before and after the pick, which he didn't really throw it. He kind of flicked the ball yeah. out there. It was, well, it was clear something was wrong. Yeah.
2: I was thinking, is Armstrong the first quarterback that Broncos ever coached who uh, wears an earring while he plays?
0: I don't know about all those other quarterbacks in Virginia, but yeah, to go to your BYU days, <laughs> yes. Perkins, did Perkins wear were, were an, were an earring? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think he did. He's a
2: Chandler kid, much like uh, Conover. Does Conover wear an earring?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at you go. <laughs> All right, DJ P.K., coming up, what is trending next? Yes, a little later than usual because we had Samson Nakua at 7, but we'll get to everything in the NFL, college football, youth Cougars, Aggies, and the Jazz win. We will do that next. Nick Ford at 9, Blake Anderson, Aggie coach at 9.30. Stay with us.